welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Hello, Revolutionary listeners. September is World Alzheimer's Month. To honor this event, I decided to re-release the episode featuring Andrea Kucher, author of Embracing What Remains. Andrea is an author and mother of three children. She holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in Journalism from St. Michael's College in Vermont. Embracing What Remains is Andrea's first memoir and book. She lives in New Hampshire with her husband, children, and her dog. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to Revolutionary Women. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Tess. Oh, my gosh. Yes, thank you for coming on. Um, so for those who don't know anything about you, can you give me a little background about yourself, and then we will go from there? Sure. So um, my name is Andrea Kucher, and I recently uh, wrote and self-published a book called Embracing What Remains. Okay. Um, it is a book about my father's early onset Alzheimer's journey and okay. sort of how I processed it um, as a mother and as a daughter. And um, I live in New Hampshire. I have three children. And um, being an author is a new thing for me. So mm. it's exciting. Great. Thank you. So I read that you were born in Vermont. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Okay. I was born in Vermont. Yep. And then you were raised in Chicago. Is that Yes, correct? we moved okay. to Chicago when I turned 11. Yeah, oh, okay. for my dad's job. Oh, oh, okay. That's why you moved from there. And then you currently live in New Hampshire. Okay. Um, did you want to move to, why did you move from Chicago to New Hampshire? Was it because of school or? I went to college in Vermont and then I met my husband in college and he actually got a job after college in New Hampshire and we have been down here ever Uh, since. Okay. So about 20 years. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And you have how many children? I have three. You have three. Okay. Mm -hmm. How cool. Okay. So, um, you mentioned from what I read, you mentioned that your dad was a surgeon Um, and then he had just retired when, I mean, from what I read from your book, um, when your mom started noticing that your dad was acting differently, did you notice a Mm -hmm. difference in him as well? Yeah, I actually was picking up on it. Um, maybe even prior to retirement, his weight was dropping and, um, I sort of mentioned it to my mom and we kind of just assumed he was trying to lose weight. Mm. Um, once he retired, some things started to kind of happen, um, one of the biggest changes was he couldn't tell time anymore. And my mom kind of started to catch on and um, it took a couple of years. So for us to sort of figure that out, oh, but wow. yeah, just little things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So you wrote and published your book titled embracing what remains. I love the title. Um, yeah. And did you always want to be a writer? Were you always a writer? Um, I've always written kind mm-hmm. of like in a journal or uh, I was a journalism major in college. Okay. Uh, writing, I didn't think I would ever turn into a profession, mm-hmm. um, but I guess it worked out for me at this point. Uh, I kind of used something I like to do and maybe a talent I have to, and I turned it into a book. That's yeah. great. And so why the title? What was, what, um, mm-hmm. why did you choose that title, Embracing What Remains? So I actually have an interesting story about my title. I didn't know what I was going to title it. At first, I was going to call it Cutting Time. It's Mm. a play on my dad being a surgeon and also just his time being cut short. Mm. And um, my editor said, I kind of think you should 
maybe have something different. So think about it. So I Googled mm-hmm. how to pick a book title. Mm-hmm. And one of the tips I read was have someone that's read your book tell you what it's about. And I had my husband tell me, I said, tell me in a few words what you think my book is about. And he started to say things. And he said, you're sort of embracing what remains. Oh, wow. And I said, that's it. And that's where <laughs> I got my title. <laughs> wow. And it's so appropriate yeah. because you really are. You are, you know, from everything that you've gone through with your dad's um, life before and then now, you know, yeah. you are embracing what it, what still remains. That's yeah, really appropriate. Yeah, it's an important lesson. Yeah. yeah, for struggling with a parent with Alzheimer's, you sort of have to literally embrace what does remain. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you might feel a little lost. Wow. Yeah. And is that what happened? Was that the incident that prompted you to write it? Or did you have an aha moment? Um, to write the book? Mm-hmm. Or... Well, I guess, um, like, realizing, like, you know, what he's going through was affecting yeah. you. I right. mean, was that... Was that how this book came about? Yeah, actually, there's a moment when I realized I should write it. Uh, my dad and I were getting ready to go for a walk, and I was helping him dress mm. in a coat and hat and, I think, gloves. And he was struggling with it all. And I just had this image of him going into the operating room being dressed by a scrub nurse. And I oh. said, this is so parallel, yet so ironic that he can't do this anymore, but I'm now doing it wow. in a different manner. And I said, the imagery was so strong, I felt compelled to write how mm. I was feeling and what mm-hmm. I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And it ended up becoming, you know, the story wow. of how it all kind of unfolded and continues to. How so long... that was my moment, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and how long did it take you to write this book, this memoir? Yeah, uh, from start to finish. I mean, I really started a few years before I actually started the book. I started writing down thoughts and scenes mm-hmm. just for myself. Mm-hmm. Overall, when I really pedaled to the metal, it was probably six months. Wow. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And yeah. how did your family process your dad's diagnosis of Alzheimer's? I think in the beginning, everyone was very shocked. Mm. Um, I think we all processed it differently, but denial was one, you know, like, it can't be, it can't be. It's got to be something else. Mm-hmm. He'll get better. We can fix it, you know. Yeah. And then it was just, no, this is it. This is reality. And I think we've all kind of had our own grieving process with it, mm. which continues, you know, it mm-hmm. never stops. It doesn't cease. It just ebbs and flows. Um, mm-hmm. I think we kind of came together and realized that we need to be a family to get through this because yeah. we all need to support each other. Wow. Yeah. Including my dad. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I mean, uh, so... How long ago was his Alzheimer's diagnosis? So this month, November, marks actually five years from being diagnosed with dementia. Um, And then a year later, Uh he had a PET scan, which diagnosed him more specifically with Alzheimer's. Mm. So it's really only been five years and even less with Alzheimer's diagnosis. Oh, wow. And how is your dad? So my dad is... Right now, he is end-stage Alzheimer's. He's late-stage, end-stage, whatever you want to call it. Hmm. He's 100% bed-bound and 100% dependent on other people for everything. Um, He speaks once in a while, Mm -hmm. sometimes clearly, sometimes garbled. Um, It may only be a sentence a day. Mm -hmm. You might get a smile. You might not. And, you know, he just, he eats and sleeps, and that's about it. Yeah. How is your mom? And does he recognize her still? 
I think, I think in a way he does. And mm. I think it's kind of shown through the way he looks at her. Mm. He smiles at her. He kind of gives her that eye, you know, mm. and he does it to me too. It's almost like we're familiar to him. He just mm. may not be able to place us or use our names. Right. Um, she's okay. You know, she's still taking care of him at home. He is, Wow. A home, you know, he's not in a nursing home. He's in his home. Okay. Uh, she manages the caregivers. I mean, it's a hundred percent, you know, mm-hmm. effort here. It's it's a full time job for her to manage everything. Uh, what I loved about your book was that you really could vividly see the images of how when you were mm-hmm. describing when you were taking a walk with him, you know, mm-hmm. and like the putting the scarf on him and then taking a few steps and then stopping and then trying to make sure he's okay and you know you you really had a you you were you were I mean you were part of his world in that sense you know and Mm -hmm. and I really loved the imagery and I think what also stuck with me is when you had the um chapter where you were oh the pillow with the ties, oh, yeah. the tie pillow. That mm-hmm. I love that, and I, I I love the story because it really, you know, you captured something that was so yeah. him, and mm-hmm. then it's something that you'll always have, you know, right. no matter what. And and I love that you just didn't keep it for yourself, but you made sure that your whole family got it, you know. Right. And I thought yeah. that was so beautiful. Oh my gosh! And and thank you. So I I was just I fell in love with your whole book because it was so honest and and like you know like no holds bars like the kids are screaming and this is happening and I'm like yeah it's reality it, it is and as a mom you know like as moms mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. that's like daily <laughs> but then when right. you have that on and then when you have your kids and then on top of that you called it a sandwich generation in a way, right. right? You're right there. You're in the middle. Um, and I'm actually in that capacity, uh, but not as much. You know, my mom mm-hmm. is in a um, assisted living um, place in New York. Um, we moved from New York. I'm a New Yorker. We moved from New York almost two years ago. And I do have siblings and, and you know, she's doing great. You know, she's doing okay. But, yeah. you know, She's eighty six years old, so you know right. it's just like you you wonder you know how long still that worry exactly yeah. exactly. So I loved how you just you know you basically said okay this is what's going on and mm-hmm. this is what's going on with my family and even in the background mm-hmm. <laughs> you know this is mm-hmm. this is what's mm-hmm. happening. Well, but, I think it's important to paint that picture, you know. Yeah, which is part of why I wrote the book is that it's a unique situation, not totally unique, mm-hmm. but unique in the way that he's, my father's on the younger side. So, mm. you know, yeah. in the way that I had Henry, my youngest, the same year my father was diagnosed, you know? Wow. So it was like, I'm not a 65 year old woman who's, mm-hmm. you know, 90 year old mother or whatever has Alzheimer's mm-hmm. or father, you know, mm-hmm. I was 37 years old finding wow. out my dad had Alzheimer's and having a baby myself. So right. it was like, right. Kind of shocking. And, um, yeah, it kind of split my time or even split my emotional, yeah. you know, yeah. dedication to children and parents and my yeah. own spouse and mm-hmm. myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and, and I love that you actually did take time, you know, for yourself in the midst of all of this, finally, you know, like, you, yeah. because, because you had to, you know, because otherwise it would be like, okay, 
you know, I, I think I really believe that unless you take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone else. <laughs> so right, I, I was going to crack if I didn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and you did that for a while. You were you were not taking any time off. You were right. not doing anything. You know, right. and and I like that you finally realized. It's like okay, wait. <laughs> it's like I really need some time for right. me. So right, need to breathe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. okay, so can you think of a time when you thought you needed to do something that would affect your life and others? You mean? Well, I mean, in... you know, like in in terms of, I guess, when you realized that this was the time for you to write the book. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I realized that, you know, uh, the pandemic was sort of raging mm. and... Um, I had some time to kind of reflect and realize that I wanted to help other people. Cause I was sort of at the point where I was feeling like I was kind of not, I was getting through it. I wasn't mm-hmm. coming out of it, but mm-hmm. I was starting to process what happened to my dad. I was getting a little more used to the situation. And mm-hmm. I thought now's the time I can, you know, write this story for people because it's a story I wanted. And I don't know what made me do it. I don't mm-hmm. know if I was just, trying to find a book myself and then realize, you know what, I, I could do this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can write it, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I started following a memoir group on Facebook and that really got me oh. going where I realized memoirs really can help people. Yeah. It's not just about reading a book. It's about telling your story right. and hopefully helping someone else through their life somehow. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. like you said, it, it, it was a way for you to put it down on paper, all the emotional, all the, you know, all, all the things that you're going right. through with your dad and how your father was doing, you know, how your father is doing. Um, and and yes. also like talking about the family dynamics because they changed, drastically changed, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, my father went from being my mother's, as I call it in the book, medical touchstone to her needing to be his, which Mm. is a huge change, not just for that spousal relationship, but the fact that he was a physician and no longer could, you know, act in that capacity as a physician or a husband was life changing for my family. Obviously for my mother the most, but we all felt that. Yeah. Yeah. How can it not, right? I mean, you went from right. one one day, like, here is this vibrant, you know, your vibrant dad, like, you're doing yeah. all of these things, being a surgeon, traveling the world, and, and all mm-hmm. of this, and then all of a sudden, one day, you're like, wait, what do you mean he can't tell time? Well, right. <laughs> well, how does that work? You know, it's like, and... Yeah. yeah, it's almost unbelievable, you know, and I know in the book, I talk about a moment where he can't remember how to use a hanger anymore. Mm. And I was just so, I don't even know how to describe the feeling you have when that, it's like, you know, just this bright light being shown in your face, waking you up and you're like, this can't be, how Mm. can this be? Right. But this is the, this is the, you know, the reality of this disease is it, Mm -hmm. it really takes so much from people, even the basic things. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. And so, um, Hmm. All right. So you mentioned that, um, well, you, you have, you support the um, Alzheimer's Association and Alzheimer's Foundation of America. Mm-hmm. Has mm-hmm. that been helpful to you and your family? Yeah. So 
Alzheimer's Association, we actually started supporting a few years ago because my grandmother, actually my father's mother, uh, passed away from Alzheimer's. Oh. And we started donating in her name. Okay. I want to say shortly before my own father was diagnosed. Because my grandmother died in 2014, and my dad was actually diagnosed in 2016. So it really wow. was a short gap of time. Yeah. Um, I would have never believed it back then. But, yeah, that's what happened. Um, and the foundation is actually super supportive for my mother because that's who she does her weekly um, support group call oh, with other okay. people, other spouses of Alzheimer's um, patients. Uh-huh. And they have a great, you know, free service for that um, oh, awesome. run by a social worker. So it's a great foundation that um, really helps support families and caregivers. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So knowing that your grandmother passed away from Alzheimer's and now your dad has it. Do you wonder whether you or your siblings might get it? Yeah, I wonder all the time. Mm. Um, I question everything now. Mm. Uh, I do not want to know for sure if I will develop Alzheimer's. I would prefer to just do everything I can to either prevent it or, you know, keep it at bay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think if I knew for sure I was going to get it, I don't know if I could live my life um, Mm. without worry as much or right. as carefree and I would prefer to just yeah do what I can and be as healthy as I can and see what happens okay so you're also a member of Al's Authors huh this is yes. really interesting um yeah what is Al's Authors about so Al's Authors is this great um group that was started by um a few women who wrote their own memoirs about their you know, experiences with Alzheimer's and usually I think it's typically their parents or maybe some of their spouses had it and they kind of got together, got together and decided to support each other. And then they started this group, which it does have a donation aspect. Um, Some of the books, if they're purchased through Amazon, the Hmm. money will go to um, Alzheimer's Association or other Alzheimer's groups. And then they just decided to start um, allowing people to submit their writing or their books for their group. And if if it met the criteria, they would, you know, accept it and start promoting your book as well. So it's Mm -hmm. just this wonderful supportive community of other writers about Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it really helps promote the cause and educate people on, you know, all these different situations Mm -hmm. um, with Alzheimer's and dementia. And uh, yeah, so it was one of my goals to join the group when I wrote and published my book. And I waited until I met the criteria, and then I submitted, and uh-huh. I was accepted, and, I, and I'm just thrilled. I feel like it's such an honor to be a part of them. That's incredible. And, you yeah. know, for so many people, I, I, I didn't know anything about Alzheimer's until I met my husband. Um, mm-hmm. And his grandmother, his paternal grandmother, had it when we started dating. Okay. And, you know, um, I didn't even know what it was because... because when I met her, she was adorable. She was this mm. 80-year-old woman, and we went out for lunch, and, you know, cro- she sat across from me, and she started, like, blowing me kisses, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> and actually, what threw me off was she asked my husband, like, hi, is this your new wife? And I'm, like, looking at him, like, first oh. of all, wife, first of all, that second is new? What is that? <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> apparently, she already had Alzheimer's. She didn't remember that... She remembered that he had been married because um, he had been married before when he was oh, a lot okay. younger. But mm-hmm. then her thing is like, is this the new one? Is this the old one? <laughs> you know, that was like, I didn't know she how to respond straight, to that right. exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I and then as I got 
um, as we became more involved, we would see her and then it just, you know, when we would see her, it became really obvious that she had Alzheimer's and because she at one point, you know, it was, this was really heartbreaking. I didn't see it for myself, but apparently when we went to go get her for dinner one night, um, you know, like, um, she couldn't even figure out how to close her door for the key. Right. And right. he, my husband was just devastated. I was like, oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. So things like that, where we take it for granted, you know, yes, for, for, absolutely. for them, it's like, how can I not do this? I used to do this. I know how to do this, you know. And, right. Why can't I do this? Yeah. 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 And, and it's really heartbreaking to see that. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I love that you are part of an organ, um, um, well, I guess an organization now where they really support the um, the loved ones of Alzheimer's and including the Alice authors because, it, I mean, not everyone has the same, I guess, the same symptoms of Alzheimer's. Is that correct? Or are they pretty much? Right. So, and everyone has their own experience of how it is to be living with someone with Alzheimer's, correct? Exactly. Okay. Right. Yeah, well, what's nice is that they talk, you know, all the books. I've read some of the books in the group, and they're excellent. And some are fiction stories based on, you know, a true story. But some are actual other memoirs. And, you know, it runs the gamut where I'm talking about my dad who mm -hmm. has it, and he's living at home. But some of the books are about, you know, these people have had to put their parents into um, assisted living or a nursing home. So it really touches upon all the aspects that come up when you're dealing with a family member or a loved one with Alzheimer's. And mm -hmm. so it's not just one avenue, you know, it's right. sort of like all the different ways that people deal with the situation or they're caregivers themselves. You yeah. know, like I'm not my father's caregiver, but mm -hmm. sometimes I step in and I care for him. Right. So yeah. it's just, it's a lot of different, um, you know, um, viewpoints, which mm -hmm. is important for everyone to sort of understand. Yeah. Um, you have siblings, correct? Yes, I have two sisters, one older and one younger. Oh, so what did I think about you writing this book? Um, <laughs> my older sister was, when I first told her, she was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's a good idea. And so mm -hmm. she was pretty supportive. Okay. My little sister was definitely supportive. I think they were both kind of surprised I was going to do it. Huh. Um, but they supported me. They had access to the book prior to publication because oh, they are okay. in it. Um, right. I shared the book or a scene with everyone that was in the book that I felt needed to sort of approve it before it went to print. Got it. Okay. Um, so in that way, yeah. I. And how did your mom react to the book? My mom absolutely loves this oh, book, that's awesome. um, which is why it is in print. I would have never printed this without her permission. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. She did not help me write this book in any way, but we discussed a lot of it after I would write her and I would, I would read a chapter to her, she'd read mm. it to herself, and we would talk about it. Okay. And I wanted to make sure that she supported it because I felt she was speaking on behalf of not only herself, but my father. Mm -hmm. And I knew she would want what was in his best interest. And mm -hmm. she supports everything in this book, which is very important to me. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. really amazing. And, and, you know, I love that you have the support of your family because you never know sometimes, you know, when you're, when you're doing this project and you're like, wait, right. I, it's like, why did you need to do that? You know, because. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it like can be airing. a little dicey, especially yeah. in a memoir, because you're telling true stories and exactly. you're telling usually other people's stories as right. well. And right. I, 
you know, this wasn't like a tell-all. This isn't something I was going to, this was only going to be to support my family and others. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, in that way, it was important for me to tell this story, but to also tell it in a way that um, was respectful. And Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that it turned out the way it did and that people are supporting it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we mentioned, I mentioned that you're in a sandwich generation, you know, caring for your children as mm-hmm. well as caring for your, your parents. Um, has that changed your point of view about caregiving in general? Uh, yeah, I think that, you know, as a mother, you wear a lot of different hats, especially I was a stay-at-home mom or I am a stay-at-home mom. And so, you know, I'm the nurse, I'm the maid, I'm the cook, I'm mm-hmm. the driver, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I became the daughter who also needed to be a caregiver. So it's like you have to learn how to balance even more you have to spread Mm -hmm. yourself even more thin you have to almost change you know but at the same time I used a lot of the things I used with my children to then use with my father you know that level of patience Mm -hmm. and understanding Mm -hmm. and um, realizing that someone needs you more than you know you need them at this point and so I sort of could do both similarly Mm -hmm. but at the same time my dad deserved the utmost respect from me Mm -hmm. um while I was trying to help him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. So is there someone or people you would credit for where you are now? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely would credit my parents. I mm-hmm. mean, they, they raised me, they, you know, gave me my morals and values at a young age. And, you know, my dad taught me hard work and dedication and just, you know, you don't give up, you keep going. Mm. Um, but to also, you know, kind of like have hobbies and have other things in your life. Like my father was a surgeon. He was very dedicated to his craft, but he also managed to, you know, do things like ski or work out in his yard or just, mm. you know, better himself. He would read or he would, you know, go biking on his, you know, bike or, or he'd swim. So it kind of just, you know, my parents taught me that, you know, you give back to others and you, you know, you thank people for where you, where you're at mm-hmm. because usually people have helped you get to where you're at mm-hmm. and, um, so, and family, you know, family comes first, and that was yeah. always important to us. We spent a lot of time as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'd say that my parents, they supported me, you know, through my schooling and as a young mother and a wife. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I think I'm probably where I'm at because of them. <laughs> yeah. um, so when you heard your dad's diagnosis, did that, did your image of him change? Did how you look at him change? Yeah, um, absolutely. Mm. I think the minute I heard that diagnosis for him, I just, you know, it was unbelievable to me at first. And I think in the book, I talk about how he, he fell from this pedestal I'd placed him on and, and mm. he, he became human to me. Mm-hmm. He had, I guess I'd never seen him as a, as a, a human. I don't know if it's because of his place in life or because he was my father, but I just, I started to realize like he's, he's a man he's Mm -hmm. just a man and Mm -hmm. he's a human and and you know this is biology and this is nature and this Mm -hmm. is this is life and so yeah my image changed and um I think it's if you had told me 10 years ago this was going to happen I would probably have said I don't think I can make it through that Mm -hmm. and what you realize is you really can make it through anything Mm -hmm. um even something as devastating as that you know like your father being yeah, I don't know, just changing in, mm-hmm. in your eyes. Yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, as you're talking, it reminded me of when my father was diagnosed with cancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's been dead almost, he's been gone almost 10 years. Um, Wow. and, you know, it was just, it was, it was really like, you know, he was the one who held our family together. He, you know, he cooked us. I mean, I grew up with him cooking breakfast every morning, you know, Right. and he was just Oh, like, yeah. he made food for us whenever we had family over, you know, he, he was just that. And then when Mm-hmm. he started getting sick, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, how do you do this? And then when I had to, you know, when it came to be where we had to start taking him to chemo, I was the one taking him to chemo, you know, when it became once a month and then my husband and I would rotate, like then it became weekly and he lasted a good 10 years on chemo because he would Oh, just, wow. he just kept fighting. He just like, you know, he didn't want to go yet. He didn't want to go yet. And I would just, but then, he, you know, it did. It changed my way of thinking about him because I'm like, at that point, I was like, okay, I'm the one, I, I need to bring him. I need to like bring him to the doctors and, and take him back and, you know, make sure he's fed, make sure he has his medication, you know. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Changes it, it your was goal really, big time. yeah, it was a really, um, tough time but it made me realize how you know human like you said you know it's like Yeah. that it, 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 he's not that person anymore that I used to be able to say hey dad I need advice you know I, I what do you think about this and Right. it started becoming the other way you know and we're like oh you know it's It, it's a huge dynamic yeah shift. yes And especially for the people in your life who have never needed you. yeah I can't imagine. I can't even think of one time in my father's life that he ever needed me. Uh-huh. Until this. Yep. And so I was like, whoa, Yep. Yeah. you know, this is, this is a huge change. This Right. is a big shift. And Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, just having I think, to yeah. go, yeah. And especially when you're, like, that whole scene with you taking him out for a walk and having to put on gloves on him, I was like, that image was so vivid because, like you said, he was a surgeon. You know, he was Yeah. used to, like, putting gloves on, and then all of a sudden he just can't figure it out. You know, you had to Yeah. put it on for him. Right. Right. Or that opening scene, you know, where I talk about him not being remembering how to wash his hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm like thinking, how many times did you wash your hands Mm-hmm. Right. in a in a very extreme manner at Yeah. that? Yeah. You know, this wasn't just I rinsed my hands because I, you know, it was like I Scrubbing scrubbed for, my hands. yeah, And, yeah. you know, he just stood there like, what? What do Yeah. I do? And I'm, it's just, Uh. it was so powerful, those Mm-hmm. moments Mm-hmm. of irony, really, Yeah. that Yeah. it's hard not to cry, you know, during some of those moments. Yes, yes, because Um, then you realize he's not the same anymore. He's not who I, he's not who he was before. You know, he's still here, right. but yeah. Wow. Right. A lot of things are different, you know, Yes. like he doesn't say the same things and, and not bad things, but No, just different things, you right. know, and, and he doesn't, you know, act the same or look the same or even walk the same, Hmm. you know, everything changed for him. Yeah. Wow. And it's, yeah, Whew. Okay. pretty wild. Um, so... Moving forward from this book, um, Mm hmm have you, is there anything else that you'd like to do? I mean, would you consider writing another book or is this it for now? Uh, I do think I'll probably end up writing another book. Mm hmm I think there'll be a sequel just because of the way life kind of will play out. I'm assuming in the next few years, Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I think that I would like to update 
readers on, you know, sort of where the story goes and mm-hmm. has gone and will continue to go, you know, once my father passes away right. or just as my children age. Yeah. And also how my role as a mother has changed. You know, Henry went off to kindergarten this year. So oh, um, my no. kids are all gone during the day now. Wow. And that's never been a part of my life as a mother. So this is new to me. So right. I think that, you know, I think there's another story in me mm-hmm. or multiple stories that might come out. That's great. Uh, and sometimes I do write them down now just um, when I feel them. Yeah. So we'll awesome. see. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, you should actually use your phone too. You can just record it on your, you know, on your cell phone. Right. And sometimes <laughs> I do. <laughs> Anywhere I can, I'm going to record or write down or yeah. so I don't forget. Yeah. So um, do you have any personal goals at the moment? Uh, right now, I just would love to continue to promote, you know, this book and mm-hmm. help people understand Alzheimer's better, mm-hmm. answer questions, you know, be there for other people looking for support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like working on behalf of sort of that cause. I think at this point, it's sort of going to be that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love for everyone in the world to read this book, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's mm-hmm. probably unreasonable, but... I'll do my best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we can definitely promote it <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well, so what are your goals for the community you're involved in now between Alice Authors and Alzheimer's Foundation of America? I would like to get my name out there a little bit more. I would love to, you know, um, write for maybe one of the organizations, you know, write a you know, a feature story or whatever they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll really do whatever, you know, is necessary, whatever they need. In my own community, mm-hmm. um, I actually spoke with um, a high school class recently, a creative writing class oh, on how cool. to write memoir. Wow. And they actually, yeah, it was really great. I was in, uh, invited by the teacher through a friend in the town who informed her about my book. Uh-huh. And I went in and I talked to the kids and we talked about how to write a memoir, why to write it. Um, and it was a really poignant time because our town had just lost two students in a car accident. And so mm-hmm. I was there explaining to them how powerful writing can be to process your grief. Wow. And I felt like it was just the right time for me yeah. to be there, you know. And so I loved helping my community in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to, you know, I know a lot of people in the community have read the book. Um, I'm happy to donate the book to whoever's, you know, looking for it at this point. Um, you yeah. know, maybe I'll join a support group and, and maybe, you know, help others. I don't know. I'm still mm-hmm. sort of feeling my way through it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, is there something you haven't yet done but would you like to, but would like to do? Oh, um, wow. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> we can we can skip this one, but okay. I could say I'd love to be interviewed by Oprah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, not skipping I this one. I think um, that's a great. I, I think that's a great answer. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would like to her. be interviewed by Oprah. <laughs> I know. Right? I'd love to be interviewed. I'd love for her to read my book. I would love, oh. you know, um, to maybe get more on like the, you know, national scale, but or international. But yeah. I think in general just sharing my dad's story and letting people know oh. that this could happen to anybody. Um, yeah. It's just something I'd love to continue to do. And, you know, you don't realize how many people you would affect, you could affect by your book until it's out yeah. there, you know, because right. I mean, when I started reading about your book, I'm just like, Oh, I mean, I don't, 
other than my dad and my husband's grandmother, you know, mm-hmm. those are the only people that my dad didn't have Alzheimer's, but he did have, he did pass away from a disease and, and my right. husband's grandmother passed finally, I, I think at the age of, I think he, she passed away at 90. Um, oh, and wow. by then she did not know anyone. She like, you know, I remember mm-hmm. distinctly like my mother-in-law bringing up um, my daughter when she was born um, up to see her and she just thought of it as a, as a as a little baby and as a doll, you know, and that was it. There was no recognition. And that really, like, that hurt. That's hard. Yeah, that hit. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, and it's, you don't realize how much it affects, you know, the people that are in it until you start. And then when you start reading about it, it's like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. So Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, um, I liked your Oprah, though. I liked your Oprah answer. <laughs> I'm keeping that. Big goals. <laughs> Big goals, exactly. Um, yeah. So is there anything else you'd like to say to the listeners? Um, I think that one thing I'd like to say is that I know a lot of people contemplate, you know, sharing their stories or talking about things that have happened in their life. And I think that everybody should take that chance because Mm. you don't realize who you might affect or help. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the number of people who have read my book and come to me on all different planes Mm. saying this book has changed me or helped me or made me realize or made me feel not alone and not even just in the Alzheimer's aspect. So Mm -hmm. I think sharing your story, talking about things that have happened to you Mm -hmm. is really important and anybody can do it. And I think, you know, not enough people give themselves credit for sharing stories in their life that could help others. That's really cool. That's really awesome. Um, And what would you say to someone who might want to get involved with the community you're involved in or similar to yours? Um, That there are plenty of people who are willing to guide you and help you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's that kind of, community where everyone's touched by Alzheimer's or dementia in some way they Mm -hmm. know someone with it somewhere and so it's worth reaching out to people and getting that support um, and not to be afraid to ask for it or even just to say hey can you teach me more about this or how can I learn more from you I think those are all things that people can you know take from this community in any way okay Great. And if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would that be? <laughs> oh, just one. Um, <laughs> you can I, as much as you'd like. Yeah, I, I, I know was a lot asking for one. Timing, <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people tell me the timing wasn't right, and it probably wasn't. But I wish in some ways I had gone to nursing school Oh, really? Huh? 20 years ago like I thought I wanted to. I mm. wish I had done that. I wish I had that under my belt at this point. Um, okay. but I also understand the way that life works and maybe the timing wasn't right. and Maybe it will be right yeah. in the future, yeah, it's but it's one late. of my, my, one of my little regrets in life is not getting that education when I probably could have. Well, would you do so now or at least yeah, now in the future? Yeah, I've contemplated it. You know, I tried a couple of years ago and I think my kids were too young. Hmm. They probably are still too young now. Mm-hmm. A goal I guess I do have is in, within the next 10 years, I'd love to get my nursing degree. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if it happens. <laughs> what, a, what a great way to give back, though, because here you are yeah. already, you know, like in the throes of caring for your father. And mm-hmm. then like 
becoming a caregiver professionally. You know, yeah. that that that's pretty amazing, I think. So Yeah, I think I have a little bite for medicine too. You know, maybe I got that from my dad. But yeah. uh just learning about all of that always fascinates me. Mm. And yes, the whole um nurturing and caring for other people is sort of something that's always been sort of right in me. Yeah that I well, like to Right, yeah. because you've had it since your father was a caregiver, you know, professionally. He was he was a surgeon. Yeah. He took care right. of, of his patients. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, I like the stories that you talked about with your dad being, you know, and mm-hmm. then one patient actually saying, you know, that if it wasn't for your dad, he, I, I think that's what I remember, like one, one colleague, like mm-hmm. talking about your father, you know, um, helping him out. And I thought that was so amazing that, you know, for him to just say, look, you know, this was, this yeah. was my dad. So, oh, yeah. And so many stories have come to me since even the books come out where people have said, your dad is the reason why I became a surgeon or your father's yes, the reason why the I finished one. medical school right. or all the nurses who are like, you know, I stayed with this profession because of him. Or, mm. It's just so it's mind blowing at times to know how many lives he's affected and not just in saving someone's life. That's aside from the patients. Mm-hmm. These are colleagues and students of his or residents. And right. he really affected a lot of people's lives and that 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 must make you feel so amazed and and you that must make you feel so good knowing that i'm very proud i'm very proud of him yeah yeah so Mm -hmm. my last question is if you could go back in time what would you tell your younger self (laughs) oh oh um i would say be patient you know, life is going to get better and life is exciting no matter where you're at in life. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think that I thought, I, I think another thing to tell anybody at any age is where you're at now or the time you're at now, enjoy it now because mm-hmm. it can change and it will change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, don't don't waste your life hoping for it to change or waiting for it to change. Just sort of embrace the now <laughs> mm, I love that so that, yeah. could, that could be the title of your next, your next book it might be <laughs> it might be <laughs> it might be that would yeah. be amazing wow <laughs> Andrea thank you so much for coming on my show yeah. and for sharing thank you so much for having me yeah for sharing your stories and and you know I mean your book really is amazing and and I loved it yeah I I I was just like, oh my gosh, okay, so what's next chapter? <laughs> what's going on no. now, you know? And, yeah. and it really, it really, like, spoke to me because it's it's about humanity. It is about, like, mm-hmm. seeing, you know, the person in front of you who you had yeah. a different point of view before is now, like, right in front of you saying, okay, this is me now, you know? Right. So what do you think of this and, and how... Right. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, the lesson in love. Yes, yeah, and sort yes, of... and and embracing what's in front of you now. Right, you know, exactly. so your title is so appropriate. <laughs> it really oh, is. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for reading and oh for having gosh. me on the show. I really appreciate it. No, I, I really I, enjoyed it. Well, thank you for thank saying you. yes, and good luck. And and I do hope you have more than one book to to share with <laughs> us. That would be amazing. Thank you. And thank you. 
um, you know, I would love to keep in touch and um, keep me posted with yeah. your next projects and, and good luck with everything and, and that, that's moving forward with you. So Thank you. All right. Yes. Well, okay, I will keep in touch. Have a good day. Thanks. Okay. That's our show for today. I've posted more information about Andrea Kutcher on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note, I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. <laughs>